is a, I believe there's a grace that God has put on certain individuals, and I know the Apostle Paul had this, that where others in faraway countries could recognize quickly that there's a grace of God on that, on the life of that person to be a blessing and help to them. And so it, to me, it's all what God does. Um, you see in Galatians too, it's a little bit different context, but there's the concept where Paul went up to the elders and the apostles in Jerusalem, the ones who were reputed to be pillars, to explain this ministry he had to the Gentiles. And he was willing to submit it to them um, because they were the guys, you know, but, um, but it says in the scripture that when they recognized the grace that was on, him, on Paul to bring the gospel to the Gentiles, much like it, Peter had the grace to go to the Jews, uh, they gave him the right hand of fellowship. And this concept of recognizing grace on others is so necessary for the growth of the kingdom. Well, hello again, and welcome back to the Heart of Titus podcast. We are so glad that you are with us this week. Now, we have a great episode for you this week. As you were just hearing from Pastor Tony, looking for the grace of God on people's lives and encouraging them to use the gifts that they've been given is one of the hallmarks of any ministry and of building the kingdom of God. Now this week, Pastor Tony sits down and answers some questions on how do you find those people? How do you bring the gifts out of them? How do you encourage them to use the gifts to build up the kingdom? This is gonna be a fantastic episode. We hope you enjoy it. So sit back and enjoy the Heart of Titus podcast. Well, I'm Darren Slack, your host, and with me today is Pastor Tony Nardella. Pastor, how are you? It's good to be back, Darren. I'm fine. Pastor Tony is the founder of Heart of Titus Ministries, and we're so excited to have this opportunity to encourage you in another episode about Heart of Titus and what it's doing around the world. Where are the areas that Heart of Titus is influencing the most? What have you seen over the 25, 30 years of ministry you've been doing? We have done most of our ministry, maybe half of our trips or more, in the country of Ecuador. And, you know, and we've been all over that country. There's a few places we haven't been, but, you know, all the major and, you know, intermediate cities we've been to. And you've been a lot of other places in South America as well. Yeah, you know, we, uh, we've kind of, if you could draw a line down from Central America to South America, all along the, the Pacific coast. Okay. Um, other, other continents? We've been to Africa and Asia and Europe. So you really are having a worldwide impact. Well, by God's grace, you know, we go where he sends us. <laughs> Let's talk about that. You go where he sends us. There is power in an invitation, isn't there? Yes, there is. Um, I think of uh, Luke 10, which is one of the iterations of Jesus' instructions to the apostles when he sent them out. And you see there that if you find a son of peace or a man of peace, and he welcomes you into his house, in other words, he says, yeah, I like what you're saying. Why don't you come down? Let's, uh, let's have a cup of coffee and talk about it. Uh, if you find that guy, then go there and bless the house and, and share what God's given you. That sounds like a strategy that Jesus was laying out. Uh, yeah, and there are many church planning movements and other missionary movements that have adopted that. We adopted probably more literally, where if somebody invites us and we, we feel like it's, you know, it's a genuine invitation where they really want to hear what we have to say, then we'll go. Now, you've been at this 25, 30 years what types of relationships have you built? Who do you work with primarily when you go into a country? Now, that's a great question. You know, obviously it differs from place to place. Some places we deal with 
uh, pastors and church leaders. Other places we deal with uh, just ordinary Joes that have a passion for to see what God's doing. When I say ordinary Joe, I mean somebody who doesn't necessarily serve at, in his church as a pastor or as an evangelist, but he's somebody who loves the Lord with all his heart and somebody that God has connected us with. So you plan a trip. How do you have a people in country that help you? Is that part, are they part of the Heart of Titus team? That's absolutely true. And it's, to me, it's actually a confirmation that God has called us to that place. We went to one country in Central America recently. Uh, Pat and I had not been there for 13 years, um, but you know, COVID and everything that happened in between, I mean, life gets interesting. And there was one contact that invited us. And so we went and immediately the Lord brought us translators, uh, additional coordinators and pastors that really took to us. And we saw that God was knitting something together for not just one trip, but for other trips. So by identifying this man of peace, this pastor mm -hmm. or other leader, God really uses that to structure trips that allow you to go in and out of different churches and build what you call long-term relationships on short-term trips. Well, that's right. That's right. There has to be somebody there um, on a, first of all, on a very practical level, you know, anytime you leave your home city, you're you're dealing with dangerous territory. I mean, you don't really know what you not you don't really know where you are. You don't know what the customs are. How much more so when you go overseas? And to have somebody that you know has your heart and has your back, uh, and say, hey, Tony, let's go to this place. It's fine. These people will receive you. Or, but let's go this way because we don't want to go where you know when we don't want to go through that neighborhood or whatever uh here's food that i think would be good for uh, north americans to eat it, it it gets that practical well i've amazed i've been amazed in my own experience on the trips that some of the people you have are truly heroes of the faith i mean they really have um stored up treasures in heaven for the way that they have served and been humble and so willing to do whatever was necessary in many, many cases, 15, 16 hours a day, just taking care of us. There's been a, quite a few of those people over the years. And a, you know, a shout out to Pastor Leonardo Naranjo yes. from Quito, Ecuador, drives us all over that country, uh, day and night. I don't think there's agendas. a street he doesn't know the way to. I mean, that guy is a gifted GPS uh, driver because he never gets lost. <laughs> well, that's true. And you know, you think traffic is bad in the United States. I mean, try other places and oh my gosh, but whenever there's a problem, he always knows a way around it. That's what I think is so important is when you're talking about these relationships you're building, you're building a bedrock foundation upon which others like myself and other team members can come and benefit from the favor God has given us with these people in country. And I think that's a big part of what Paul's ministry was, is that his heart, when he wrote his letters, he always shared his affection for the people that he had built relationship with. That, that was the, the tether that kept them connected, despite whether he had to mention issues or anything like that. There was a love that, that, that brought them together. You experienced that with many of the folks down there, don't you? It, it's amazing, uh, the love that God will grow in the most unlikely places. And we see in Titus's life in 2 Corinthians 7 that he experienced that on his first trip to Corinth. And he was able to brag to Paul about how much they not only loved Paul, but how well they treated him. And that that it's part of it. I mean, it becomes addictive. There's a number of things that become addictive. Uh, seeing God's power displayed, uh, like I have not seen quite as much at home. I have seen it at home, but 
overseas, oh my gosh, the healings, the fillings with the Spirit, the deliverances and so forth, even talking to people who've been raised from the dead. I mean, it's, it's just incredible. But that, although that's very um, attractive, uh, the, the most addictive thing is the love and the, and the that God grows between people of different cultures and nations. Amen. Amen. I've, I've experienced that myself as my own heart has tenderized towards many of the people. I look forward to seeing them again, even when I haven't been with you, to go down there and be connected with them again. I don't even speak the language like you do, and I'm still able to feel that connection because of the times we've been, and they're so warm and receptive. Let's talk about these things you see happen when you go down there. You're talking about healings and ministry miracles and and how does that transpire? I mean, you, you go down there, you have a scheduled meeting to go into a church. What, what takes place when you see these ministry things happen? Well, how does the, the schedule happen? Well, yeah. you know, on the first trip, you know, you're basically going on one invitation and then you see what God does from there. But if you're talking about a place that we have visited many times, uh, Ecuador or Peru or Guatemala or whatever, uh, usually the there's you have a coordinator. God will lead somebody who can coordinate your schedule for you. You can line up translators, transportation. If you bring a team, and we always go in teams, if there's more than one preacher, we like to try to get them preaching. So on a Sunday, you might have, if you have five people on your team, you might have five different churches at one time. Wow. And then others that are added on top of that if there's a second service or a third service or whatever. And somebody has to coordinate all that. And somebody has to coordinate how they're, who's going to pick you up at what time. And, you know, not everybody is as punctual around the world as North Americans are can, or can be. We're Western Europeans, but um, it works out. And it's just amazing, you know, the service and the work that our people on the ground there do to help us fulfill the call of God on our lives. Right. So... As we're looking at what this ministry is doing, we, we've talked about it previous episodes, that this is not just a missions ministry, it's a discipleship ministry, and it has apostolic overtones in the sense that God has given you favor with these pastors to influence their ministry, to affect the culture, if you will, what's going on. How do you see that from a biblical standpoint in terms of your role as someone who's come alongside and really had an impact on them, and they and they give you that opportunity to influence them that way. Uh, yeah, that's uh, it's, that's a mystery to me how all that's come up. Um, we didn't set out with that um, being the idea. I know that um, about ten years into this, uh, I'd gotten a prophetic word from somebody I'd met once, but uh, knew my daughter well, and he said that your ministry is going to change from evangelistic prophetic to apostolic pastoral. I go, I didn't even know what that meant. But over over the years, as I meditate on that, I see that I've become kind of a big brother, or you might even say a father, uh, to some church leaders and pastors and others. Um, and of course, with the, with the improvement in technology, especially in the last 15 years, uh, we, we, we are able to continue to communicate um, where it was very difficult just 15, 20 years ago to to talk with these people if you weren't in country with them. So now, like for example, you and I, we do a monthly um, seminar on Zoom uh, on hearing the voice of God and the spiritual gifts. And um, and so many people that we've touched over the years, they, they jump in on that call and we have a chance to not only talk with them and teach them, but also minister uh, to them and with them. So I think it's, it's pretty amazing as I observe you that they trust you enough to 
to allow you into their circle, into that circle of trust where you can influence, not, not, you're not deciding things that are happening in the church per se, but you're, you're giving wisdom and insight and they're taking counsel from you where you're an outsider, you're not from there, right? I mean, mm -hmm. isn't that a big deal that they would do that? It, it is, I mean, I don't, we don't take it lightly. Um, you know, I had a Peruvian pastor, close friend, uh, tell me years ago that, you know, Tony, um, apostolic ministry and covering, if you want to call it that, is 95% counsel. And um, it's just giving advice. It's just, you know, suggesting perhaps a more efficient or, you know, a better way of doing things sometimes. Um, it's, and it's helping get into people's, you know, people have troubles and problems. And sometimes we get a chance to um, help them through that, pray them through it, share scriptures related to that. Um, but that, that phenomenon is a, I believe there's a grace that God has put on certain individuals, and I know the Apostle Paul had this, that where others in faraway countries could recognize quickly that there's a grace of God on, that, on the life of that person to be a blessing and help to them. And so it, to me, it's all what God does. Um, you see in Galatians too, it's a little bit different context, but there's the concept where Paul went up to the elders and the apostles in Jerusalem, the ones who were reputed to be pillars, to explain this ministry he had to the Gentiles. And he was willing to submit it to them um, because they were the guys, you know. But, um, but it says in the scripture that when they recognized the grace that was on, him, on Paul to bring the gospel to the Gentiles, much like it, Peter had the grace to go to the Jews, uh, they gave him the right hand of fellowship. And this concept of recognizing grace on others is so necessary for the growth of the kingdom. Yeah, that's what I've observed, is that I see these folks. I remember on our last trip, you were in a room with 165 pastors. I mean, it was an amazing meeting, because normally you don't see that many pastors come together for anything. They were not there for us, per se. They were there for... Uh, a unity effort because of what was going on in their country. But yet I saw how God just gave you favor in your interaction with each of these pastors, some who you didn't even know, but were actually asking for, you know, opportunities to speak with you offline, chance to meet with you afterwards. I mean, that must have been a big lift to have that many pastors reaching out to you. How do you handle those that many requests to being, you know, to receive encouragement. Well, the whole concept of apostolic ministry to me screams delegation. Mm. Um, and really true apostolic ministry, besides being sent, is to train others to do similar ministry that, we're, that we know how to do. So that's Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, uh, that we train others to do the work of the ministry. And the ministry I know is this traveling ministry that God's given us. So I, we spread it out. You know, we travel in teams. Now, you know, honestly, many people, you know, they, you know, they want the main guy. They don't want, you know, the subordinates. But what I do is I, I, I envision myself somewhat as a, uh, as Tim the Tool Man. Um, I'm carrying tools. And so when I go overseas and I, there's been times I've talked to pastors that I've met and I said, you know, here's what our ministry does. You know, we can do marriage conferences, you know, youth conferences, evangelistic crusades, healing crusades, uh, prophetic um, ministry, and prophetic activations. Um, and I've got people in my toolbox. I don't do all those things. And I got people in my toolbox, so to speak, who do those things much better than I do. And so 
much like Paul vouched for Titus when he sent him instead of himself in 2 Corinthians 8, he says, I thank God who put into the heart of Titus the same concern that I have for you. I convince these pastors, if I can, I explain to these pastors that, hey, they've got the same heart. They're not going to be here to take advantage of you. They're going to be submissive to your authority in your church. And they've got a gift set that I can't bring. And that's kind of how the ministry has grown. And I have seen that. I mean, I've observed that, that transfer of trust. We've talked about some of the churches we go into, how we're influencing that culture. But now there's a culture within our team, isn't there? There's something you have set as kind of a standard in how we're to be humble, um, team-oriented. No individual is more important than the other. Uh, representing and, ref and respecting one another's gifts that we bring to the table. You know, if I'm in one church that really seems like God's moving in a particular way, it may not be through the prophetic. Maybe it's through something somebody else has. We saw that in one of our recent trips with a brother who God just used so mightily. I, I just can't tell you how amazing it was to watch him. I mean, he's an elevator technician. There's nothing about him that would draw attention. He's not a pastor, but he stood in the middle of the building and the Holy Spirit hit it and changed lives and showed that he is faithful if a man's heart is open. So how have you seen God build the culture within the Heart of Titus teams that go? And what's important about that for you? We've been given opportunities to minister in churches over the years, but we ne never really felt like who we were was understood or accepted in many places. And there may have been a mental game on our part, I don't know, but ultimately uh, we understand the pain and the anguish of somebody who has a fire burning on the inside is really wants to serve God with the gifts that they have, but haven't found an outlet for that. And so with that understanding, I, I wanna give everybody an opportunity who's got that call, who's got that fire to use it for the glory of God. What do you see in people besides humility that they need to have if they're gonna be on one of these teams? I mean, obviously humility is important, but I mean, you're looking for other stuff too. What other kinds of things should they have? Well, they, uh, they really need to have a close walk with the Lord. We're on the way to that. Um, they need to have enthusiasm. They need to um, have a, a little bit of an adventurous heart in that they're willing to take some risks personally. Because like I said earlier, every time you leave your house in the morning, something strange can happen to you. And if you, you know, how much more so if you're traveling, you know, thousands of miles to a place that speaks another language in a completely different culture. Uh, there has to be a desire to mutually trust people, to work as a team, to be willing to take second seat or third seat if that's needed. Um, to really build up the body of Christ. And see, we call it team, but it's really just a, a small representation of, of the body of Christ. Amen. And, and everybody has to recognize that they've got a part to play there. Great words there from Pastor Tony on the importance that we need one another, that we need to be lifting one another up, encouraging one another, and building each other up to do the work of the ministry. So important there. And that is our heart here with Heart of Titus and doing these podcasts. We want to build up your faith and encourage you to do the work of the ministry. Now, if these podcasts are encouraging you, you can like and subscribe and share them to your friends who might be uh, blessed by them as well. Also, if you would like to learn more about our ministry, you can go to www.heartoftitus.org. 
There you can learn more about our ministry and what we're doing around the world, and you can financially support this ministry and the work that we're doing. Now, next week we're going to continue with this discussion on seeking those who have the grace of God on their life and partnering with them to do the work of the ministry. Again, thank you so much this week for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you next week on the Heart of Titus podcast.